Welcome to this time of a homegoing celebration for our dear sister, Crystal Underwood. Sister Melanie, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to minister God's word this morning. And sincere Christian condolences from me and my wife, Beth, and from all the incredible body of Christ called Calvary Bible Church. Collectively, we have truly had the joy of being Crystal's forever spiritual family here on earth. And we truly look forward to seeing her when we all get to heaven. We expect fully that she'll be running on those golden streets, maybe looking for a Coca-Cola. <laughs> Crystal is the reason that we are all here, but Crystal is not here. You are here. You're here to look within, around, and up for God's perspective, grace, and hope. Every human being is made in God's image. God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Persons are three in one, spirit, soul, and body. The human spirit allows us to relate to God. The human soul allows us to relate to other persons. And the human body allows us to relate to our environment. When Crystal died, her soul and spirit were dismissed from her body. They were not dismissed to stop existing or to aimlessly float around somewhere. They were dismissed to go into the very God's presence. They were dismissed to go back to the one who first gave them. They were dismissed to wait for a sure reunion with Crystal's resurrected body. Funerals close the eyes of the dead, and they open the eyes of the living. I like Ecclesiastes 12, verses 6 and 7, which state, Remember him, that is God, before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel is broken at the well and the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it, end of quote. So let me say it again. Sister Crystal Underwood is why we are all here, but Crystal is not here. You are here, I am here, and we're to look within and around and up for God's perspective, grace, and hope. Together now, let us ask our great God for his help in this eternally worthwhile investigation. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you now for your help to know you and your ways better. You have fully revealed yourself in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and in your inspired Bible. Thank you for these marvelous revelations. Father, we know that the Holy Spirit has the job of magnifying Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is here today in the resident in each blood-bought child of God. So we count on him to elevate the Lord Jesus Christ in this service to Christ's rightful first place in everything. Lord, we want to have honestly open and teachable hearts to receive truth from you in these special moments. 
Father in heaven, it is my prayer that all of us will trust in you with all of our hearts, that we will all not lean on our own understandings. Instead, that we all would acknowledge you in all of our ways so that you, Lord God, will direct all of our paths. God, you've told us in your word that as we do trust in you, you will direct our paths to your beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only savior for a world of sinners like us. Father, your word also assures us that to know Christ as our personal savior by faith is to have eternal life. May no one leave here today still lost in their sins, on the outside looking in at eternal life. Lord, help us in these minutes to suitably remember Crystal's significant life and to properly point everyone to Crystal's precious Lord. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who said of himself, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. What blessed assurance, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Good morning. How fitting it is that this morning our first hymn was written by Fanny Crosby, who at the age of six weeks through a medical malpractice lost her vision. And she went on to wrote over, write over 8,000 gospel hymn texts. And the one that we're going to sing this morning is one of her most beloved blessed assurance. And Crystal lived with that blessed assurance in Jesus. And the Bible tells you and me that we, by the grace of God, which has brought salvation, which appeared to all men, it teaches us how to live in this life. And a part of the way we live in this life is looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, whom our dear sister is with at this moment. And so I invite everybody at this time, beside the immediate family, if you would please stand as we sing our opening hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my soul. 
Pastor Frederick Arnett and Sister Beth Elliott are coming now with our scripture readings, and they will be immediately followed with a video tribute. Thank you. Good morning. First of all, I'd like to ask for or give my sincere Christian condolences from my family and I. And uh, we do pray that if anyone here does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord, they will find uh, Crystal's Lord this morning. The scripture that is going to be read is taken from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 30, and Psalm 23. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord, the everlasting God, the creator of eternal of the of the end I'm sorry the creator to the ends of the earth he will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom he gives strength to the weary and increase the power to the weak. Even you grows tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Psalm 23, reading from the New International Version again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup run it over. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here ended the Old Testament scripture. It is my privilege to read some very precious, powerful words of assurance from our Lord that were very dear to Crystal, beginning with John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also." And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And then... We want to continue by hearing Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 39. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. 
We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Tell me what does it look like in heaven? Is it peaceful? Is it free like they say? Does the sun shine bright forever? Have your fears and your pain gone away? Cause here on earth it feels like everything Good is the same since you left And here on earth everything's different There's an emptiness Oh, I, I hope you're And I hope the angels know what they have I've it so nice up in heaven since you arrived So tell me what do you do in heaven? Are your days filled with love and light? Is there music? Is there art and adventure? Tell me, are you happy? Are you more alive? Cause here on earth it feels like everything Good is the same since you left And here on earth everything's different And I hope the angels know what they have I've waited so nice up in heaven since you arrived Since you arrived Sing it in 
Thank God for every remembrance of Crystal. Coming now with more cherished memories of our dear sister, on behalf of the Calvary Bible Church family, is Sister Jennifer Pierce. Good morning, everybody, and um, uh, good morning, Melanie, and my um, heartfelt condolences to you and the rest of the family, and we are praying for you, and you are continuously in our thoughts, and what an appropriate song, um, indeed. Crystal is indeed dancing in heaven, and um, I thank God for the opportunity to be able to work with her, and I'm going to really miss my Sunday school buddy. Anyway, um, this is a tribute to Crystal from the combined body of Sunday School, Awana, and the Ladies' Ministries. Uh, Crystal Underwood, a faithful servant. Crystal, Crystal faithfully and joyfully served the Lord at Calvary Bible Church most of her life. She was considered not just an outstanding member, but our beloved sister. Her life was centered around her love for the Lord. She worshiped and she ministered. She was involved at a place where Crystal would proudly call my, this, um, excuse me. Her life was centered around her love for the Lord. Worship and ministry, involvement at a place where Crystal would proudly call my church. Crystal's many years of dedicated and exemplary service included her ministry in the Sunday School Department, Junior Church for a short time, Awana, now Cross Trainers, and her support and participation in Calvary Bible Church Women's Ministry from its inception from 1996. Not many could compare to her spirit of excellence and her high degree of faithfulness. Any task she accepted was executed with dignity and a joyful attitude, all as unto the Lord. Many of us would have had an opportunity to visit Home Fabrics, Crystal's former place of employment, and we would all agree that she took pride in her work and she was graceful and attentive to her customers. She lived out and modeled Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. Crystal was a role model of servanthood, always mindful of the efforts invested in planning and executing ministry events. She would often express heartfelt gratitude and would sometimes lament that she wished she could be more involved. This same attitude of appreciation and concern was displayed in her work with the children in Sunday school and cross trainers. At the end of every lesson, she would always evaluate herself and would ask for suggestions on how to improve. Crystal was always concerned about whether or not she was honoring the Lord or if the children understood what she was teaching them. She enjoyed working with the kids. She especially loved using her puppets to teach the Bible lessons. 
Although Crystal had cerebral palsy, which provided limitations on her mobility, it did not hinder her desire to, um, to attend church, Sunday school, cross trainers, and get involved in her ministerial functions. She wanted to explore the world. She always had confidence in herself, and she had the desire to help other people. Crystal has taught us to be patient, to persevere in difficult situations, and to live life simply. Whenever we, she spoke, she spoke from her heart and with sincerity. Her passion for ministry and love for the children was clearly seen when there was a possibility of cross trainers closing. She was heartbroken and distraught. She openly expressed her disappointment, but in her humility and in her desire to honor the Lord, she apologized for her behavior and she asked for forgiveness. Crystal was a devoted Christian and a lover of her God and his word. One of her favorite Bible stories was about Nicodemus. Just as Nicodemus went to Jesus to learn about eternal life, Crystal in, her same way, in the same way wanted to know as much as she possibly could know about Jesus and the abundant life he came to give as well as be all that God intended her to be. In her limitations, Crystal served the Lord well to the best of her ability. When I look at Crystal, I would ask myself, what is your excuse? Crystal had an excuse, but she didn't use it. She served her generation well. Crystal was generous. She gave of her time, talents, and treasure to many of the church family. In addition to using her gifts to bless the incredible body of Christ, Crystal could regularly be seen distributing gifts during the Christmas season to express her love and appreciation to as many, to many of the CBC family members. She was the junior church department Santa Claus. She would come, sorry, she would come with her, bag, her computer bag loaded with little gifts and little trinkets to give to the children. Not only at Christmas time, but Easter and any other just because occasions. She loved giving and seeing the smiles on the children's faces. In the midst of her giving, she always encouraged the children to be mannerly and respectful. She gave them her godly wisdom above everything else. Crystal loved her Calvary family members. She was all smiles with a twinkle in her eyes when she attended church events. She loved to fellowship with the church family as well as ministering to the children at cross trainers and Sunday school. Her only expectation was that in the line of her drinks, a Coke was a must. On many occasions after Sunday school, she would say, stay behind to drink her Coke and would sometimes ask one of the kids to bring up some cookies from the kitchen. She loved her sisters in Christ. Crystal, in spite of her disabilities, would attend many of the women ministries, conferences, socials, and retreats. The last retreat she attended was November 2019, when we traveled to the Billy Graham Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. Crystal was in awe as her sisters in Christ all rallied around her and created a roster to offer her full 24 hours assistant to assist her. She was the queen of the trip, and she knew it. Crystal enjoyed time in the Word, worshiping and fellowshipping times with the ladies, especially the casual conversations that was had during the lunchtime. She also loved shopping like most women enjoy. She enjoyed browsing around the stores, looking for great buys. Eventually, she bought 
of gray pantsuit, and she was so proud. I can remember so well. She could recall her. I could recall her showing it to me and feeling so accomplished because she had bought it all by herself. Oh, she loved that pantsuit. <laughs> um, excuse me. While on the retreat, she had an opportunity to visit Dollywood Theme Park, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which required a lot of walking. To facilitate her movement, Crystal rented a motorized wheelchair. She did not display any hesitation or fear of driving between the crowd of people. She thoroughly enjoyed the attractions, especially when she and Sid rode Dumbo the flying elephant. Gliding through the air, she was like a child in a candy store. A highly intelligent lady, Crystal was outspoken and would often raise her hand respectfully to ask question, questions and to make comments at our conferences or monthly socials. She was definitely not shy. When you hear Crystal speak, her voice commands attention. There are people in this world who, when they enter a room, there is a great presence. This was certainly true of Crystal. Despite her disability, she wanted to be treated the same as everyone else. Our lives were tremendously impacted and enriched from Crystal, knowing Crystal. She was a role model of faithfulness, a no-nonsense, no-excuse lady, a faithful servant. Some special sisters who loved and cared for, sister, for Crystal over the years, just to name a few, Margaret Sawyer, Betty Allen, Ann Russell, Debbie Pinder, Karen Hawkins, myself, Jennifer Pierce, Shama, Shamil Stirrup, Kathy Aubrey, Beth um, Elliott, Olive, and Charlene Thompson. The CBC pastors, deacons, members, and fellow followers greatly admire and love Crystal. We can only imagine the smile on Crystal's face as she ran. Yes, ran into the arms of Jesus and gazed into the lovely face of our Lord and Savior. Rest in peace, my sweet child, Crystal. Thank you very much, Sister Jennifer. What a tribute and honor of a faithful servant of our Lord. And as she has served in the Hawana ministry for over 30 years, we will now stand and sing the Hawana theme song at this time. Please stand.
Thank you. You may be seated. The beauty of weakness. I'm from Canada, as many of you know, the land of lakes and forests, and have noticed something. Trees huddled together in a dense forest are perfectly straight because they're protected. But I've noticed that artists don't usually paint those kinds of perfect trees. Usually, they paint imperfect ones, misshapen trees, gnarled trees, trees which have stories to tell about distress. These trees are scarred and stunted by the cruelties of nature. But that's what makes them interesting and beautiful. Broken is beautiful, not just with trees, but also with persons. Weak and wounded trees have more character, and more often they are painted to make art. Crystal Underwood was such a tree. As we know, she was born with cerebral palsy, And the doctor said she wouldn't live, but she was a fighter. She had a brilliant mind and a crippled body. Since 1972, she had a wonderful Savior in in her heart and a sweet gospel message in her mouth. Crystal was wounded, but she rose above it to become a puppeteer warrior for Christ. Crystal Crystal was a lovable underdog. God delights in underdogs. Those who are challenged, those who are on a first-name basis with suffering, those for whom the mountain to climb is steeper, those who inspire us to keep going, those who simply won't be stopped. Underdogs. God not only delights in underdogs, God uses underdogs. Those who have a lot to teach the ungnarled trees, the undistressed trees who huddle in the forest and who wrongly think that they have little to learn from other trees which are weak, and wounded. Listen, please, to 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. Paul was writing to some imperfect and weak Christians in Corinth, and this is what he said as the Holy Spirit moved him along. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God 
and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. There are three truths I want us to see this morning in these verses. Truth number one, God chooses the unlikely. Verse 26 again, for consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. God chooses the unlikely. God usually picks the person who isn't humanly wise. God usually picks the person who isn't influential. God usually picks the person who isn't nobility. God usually picks the unlikely person. God usually paints the gnarled, distressed, and broken trees. Adam, Eve, Jacob, Rahab, Peter. Lady Huntington was an 18th century British noble. She had a very thought-provoking Christian testimony. Sometimes she would stand up in a group and say that she had been saved from her sins by the letter M. And then she would quote 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. End of quote. And then Lady Huntington would point out that the text reads, not many were of noble birth, but it does not read, not any were of noble birth. And hence she would humorously say that she was saved by the letter M. Friends, we can take truth number one to the bank. God usually chooses the unlikely. Aren't you glad that he does? Truth two, God chooses the unlikely to neutralize the self-sufficiencies of the advantage. Let me say that again. Truth two is that God usually chooses the unlikely to neutralize the self-sufficiencies of the advantaged. I see that in verses 27 and 28. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world and the despised things. God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are The phrase, God has chosen, as you have just heard, occurs three times in those two verses. God chooses as he chooses for his own good reasons. Three of them. Reason one, to shame the wise. Reason two, to shame the things which are strong. Reason three, to nullify the things that are reasons for boasting. In some settings, there are plenty of persons who are smart, educated, strong, healthy, self-sufficient, respected, popular, and for now at least, at ease. But these advantaged 
persons. These advantaged, straight, and perfect-looking trees often are missing out on Jesus. If that's the case, then these persons are too advantaged, too full of themselves, and too busy to see God's DNA all over their blessings. Often these advantaged persons are too sophisticated to believe that Christ died the death that they deserve to die in order to give them the life they never could have created for themselves. Don't be that person. Often these go-getters are advantaged to the point of disadvantage. Again, don't be that kind of a person. So far, two truths. Truth one, God chooses the unlikely. Truth two, God chooses the unlikely to neutralize the self-sufficiencies of the advantaged. Last, truth three. God chooses the unlikely to neutralize the self-sufficiencies of the advantaged so that there will be no boasting. God chooses the unlikely to neutralize the self-sufficiencies of the advantaged so that there will be no boasting. God hates boasting. The Bible tells us that heaven is a gated community, that not everyone makes heaven. Heaven is not some pretty celestial public access park in the sky. Heaven is a gated community in which there is no boasting allowed. It is a no boasting zone. A beautiful place when you think there will be no boasting. A boastful word has never been spoken in heaven, and a boastful word never will be spoken in heaven. All who make heaven will make it based on God's grace in Christ, which is received on earth while alive by transferring one's trust to Christ alone. (laughs) As a preacher, I hear persons say to me that they hope they're good enough for heaven. (laughs) What I tell them of myself is I know that I'm bad enough And the only way I can get heaven is a gift through the finished work of Christ. I'm going to get in heaven not because I'm a pastor or a nice guy. I'm going to get to heaven on the coattails of my Savior. Put another way, all who make heaven get it as a gift. (laughs) They can't earn it as a wage. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 that many of us have memorized. For by grace you have been saved through faith, And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. God hates boasting. He won't have boasting in heaven. Getting into heaven has nothing to do with anyone's goodness. It has everything to do with God's grace. I want you to imagine this, that I have guests from Canada staying with us, and it's time for them to fly back to Canada. 
And I mismanaged my time in the parsonage so that I'm going to cut it very close to being late for them getting to the airport on time. I want you to picture that as I'm driving them on JFK to the airport, I am speeding. I don't mean a little bit. I am really speeding. I want you to picture that. And I get pulled over by the police for speeding. I want you to imagine that the police officer asks, what's the big hurry? And I say, my friends from Canada are going to miss their plane. I want you to imagine that the police officer says, I'm not going to give you a speeding ticket today. That's mercy. Not getting the bad that I deserve to get. God's grace would be if the policeman reached into his wallet, his wallet, got his money, and handed me a $100 bill and said, give this to your family from Canada. It'll help them on their trip back home. That's grace. Getting the good I don't deserve to get. Everyone who makes it to heaven makes it based on God's grace. God giving us what the good that we don't deserve. The last two verses of our passage in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 30 to 31, and these verses particularly really encourage the born-again Christian who reads them. Verse 30, But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, just as is written, Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. I want to explain very briefly what it means to be in Christ Jesus. What does it mean when the verses say we are in Christ Jesus as believers? Well, back in 1972, at six years of age, on a Sunday when Brother Jaziel Thompson had preached about Nicodemus, Crystal took Jesus Christ to be her savior by simple childlike faith. And she was put in Christ since that moment in 1972. That decision that Crystal made on that occasion permanently put Crystal in Christ Jesus. And our verses for this morning teach us that there are three wonderful benefits for any person who is in Christ Jesus because they've been redeemed. What are those benefits? Benefit one is righteousness, the verses say. Benefit two is holiness, or translated sanctification. And benefit three is redemption. Let me try to expand on these three very quickly. The benefit of righteousness is being made right with God. And that being made right with God is because a person is in Christ Jesus. You remember that Life magazine picture, that wonderful picture when JFK was in the Oval Office? President Kennedy was in the Oval Office. And the picture had captured that his son, John Jr., not much older than a toddler, was under the president's desk, either hiding or playing, but he was right under the president's desk while the president was seated at the desk. John Kennedy Jr., as a little boy, being able to play under his daddy's desk in the Oval Office was only possible because he was made right by virtue of being the president's son. And the Secret Service ushered the little boy right into the Oval Office to be with his daddy. 
the person who's in Christ Jesus is made right with God. Second benefit is sanctification or holiness. The person who is in Christ through saving faith has the benefit of holiness, belonging to God and being reserved for God's use. That was Crystal Underwood. She belonged to God, and she set herself apart for God's use. That's the signature of her life. When you are in Christ, you are holy in the mind of God, and you belong to God, and you are reserved for God to use however God sees fit. (laughs) Growing up, my parents still remain to be very social people, but when I was growing up, my parents' sociability showed up all over the place in that they had plenty of company in our house for dinner parties, plenty. And I almost knew the routine. Mother would set out the crystal candy dishes all around the house. She would change the regular hand towels in the restrooms, and she would put these fancy towels that only got very limited service. And then she would say something like this. Don't touch those candies. They're for the company. Don't use those hand towels. They're for the company. My mother had sanctified the candy and the hand towels for the use of our guests. When you have trusted Christ to be your Savior, the Holy Spirit is making you holy, and he is setting you apart from other people for God to possess you and for God to use you for his purposes. That is the signature of Crystal's life. She let God use her. Are you, believer, letting God use you? She had cerebral palsy. What would be a legitimate excuse for you to say, God can't use me? The last benefit when you're in Christ, according to the verse, is the benefit of redemption. It's the benefit of being purchased by Christ's blood out of the slave marketplace of sin and being set free to do God's bidding as found in God's word. When you are in Christ as a believer, God has set you free from the bondage of sin and set you free to obey him and given you the Holy Spirit inside you to make such obedience over the long haul possible. We have drug addicts in Nassau. Unfortunately, they're bound in the chains of substance abuse. We got to pray for them. We have drug addicts in our city in bondage to chemical substances. And if there's one such addict, he needs professional and medical intervention and treatment. That's how our Christian counseling center that was dear to Crystal, how it began, dealing with heroin addicts in our city. When an addict is in bondage to chemical substances, that addict has only hope if someone else pays for his treatment if he can't pay for his own treatment. And when that treatment is paid for and when that treatment is successful and the addiction is broken, then the former addict is free to live a sober and a clean life. That's an illustration of redemption. 
We used to be in the slave marketplace of sin. When our flesh said sin, we only said, jump how high you want me to jump, flesh. Now we can say no to our flesh. We can say yes to the Holy Spirit. We've been set free in redemption by the blood of Christ to be obedient servants of God, to live a thank you kind of life back to the God who redeemed us. Are you doing that? Crystal did. The person who is in Christ has the unfading benefits then of righteousness, holiness, slash sanctification, and redemption. And I'm here to tell you this morning that having these things did not make Crystal's challenged life easy. No, these things made Crystal's challenged life blessed. Funerals close the eyes of the dead, and they open the eyes of the living. So are you in Christ? You can be this morning before you leave. Are you righteous, holy, redeemed? You can be this morning. It's true. God chooses the unlikely to neutralize the self-sufficiencies of the advantaged so that there will be no boasting. The weak don't boast. In her own words, years back, in CBC's Reflections of Awana Ministry at Calvary Bible Church book, this is what Crystal said, Years back, and I quote, I started Awana when I was 12. Through the years at Awana, I have been taught a lot about the Bible and memorized many Bible verses. Not only that, it gives me confidence in myself, watch now, so that I can help other people. If I told you it's always been peachy, I would be lying. Doesn't that sound like her? That sounds so much like her. If I told you my life was peachy, I'd be lying. But when I have problems, I have leaders who love and help me, end of quote, leaders who loved and helped her. Bless you, leaders. Bless you. Persons who are weak and know it. Persons who have failed and know it. Persons who have fallen short of God and know it. They take Christ to be Savior from their sin. And they do that simply by placing faith in Jesus Christ alone. This is how weak persons are put in Christ. This is how weak persons are made to be righteous and holy and redeemed. And so let me ask you, are you redeemed? If you say, I hope so, you're not. If you say you're not sure, you're not. Are you redeemed? Have you been forgiven of your sins? You know, what's often said is life is short, enjoy it. But really what ought to be said is eternity is long, so settle it. Let me help you to settle your eternities. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, 
I have come that they might have life and might have it abundantly. Crystal Underwood had abundant life. She lived. She lived the abundant life which Christ gave her. Her cerebral palsy did not sideline her in any way, shape, or form. And we ought to copy Crystal in our availability to God who has saved us. Crystal Underwood was in Christ for many years while on earth. So now she is with Christ forever in heaven. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world, and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him or her who boasts, boast in the Lord. In just a brief overview, I want to help any who are viewing online or who may be in the sanctuary that aren't sure that they're in Christ, to get into Christ. The Bible is bad news and good news. The bad news of the Bible is about us, and the good news of the Bible is about God. The bad news of the Bible is that we all fall short of God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It would be like if we grabbed a rock in the parking lot after crystal service and had a rock-throwing contest, and the target we were shooting for was Miami from here. No one could throw a rock to Miami. It's just simply too far. Some of you would outthrow me, and I might outthrow some of you, but none of us hits Miami from that parking lot. It's too far away. God is so perfectly holy that all of us fall short of him, no matter what kind of quality of life we have. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's bad news, but it gets worse. God says we earn a paycheck for falling short. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Death is a Bible word for separation. There's three kinds of death. There is physical death when the soul and spirit are separated from the body. There is spiritual death when the living person has separation from any relationship with God. And there's eternal death when the resurrected body, soul, and spirit of an unbeliever are separated from God forever in a literal place the Bible calls hell. For the wages of sin is death. My first job as a 16-year-old was to work in a mailroom of a large Canadian corporation. And my job was to get the mail and then to sort the mail and then with a little trolley to go around to all the desks and deliver the mail to the persons who worked in the head office. That was my first job. I'll tell you something. I looked forward to every other Friday because they gave me a piece of paper that ordered their bank to pay me money. You know what I didn't think when they gave me my check every second Friday? I didn't think, boy, thanks for the favor. I had earned the money. We earn a paycheck for falling short of God, death. 
That's the bad news of the Bible. If the Bible only had that bad news, we'd be in a whale of hurt. But the Bible has good news, and the good news is about God. And the good news about God begins with the fact that God has shown his love for people who blow it. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in this, that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. It would be like, God forbid, if one of you had terminal cancer. And at a doctor's hospital, the surgeon said, the oncologist said, I can get all the cancer out of you, but for some reason, the oncologist says, I can't just put it down the drain. I have to put it into somebody else. And if I said, I'll take his cancer, the doctor would say, really? Do you know what that means? I would say, yes, doc, it means that he lives and I die. But I love him enough, I'll make the trade. That's what Jesus did. He took our sins, which were many, onto himself on the cross because of love. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't die to show us how to die. Christ didn't die as our example. Christ died as our substitute. He died the death we deserve to die to give us the life we never could have got secured for ourselves. That's good news. God has proven himself to love mess-ups like me and you. That, just like the bad news got worse, the good news gets better because not only God has proven that he loves mess-ups, but he gives us the greatest gifts possible on the easiest terms. Again, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, which we have listened to previously. For by grace, getting the good you don't deserve. For by grace, you have been saved from the paycheck and wages of falling short of God. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, a Bible word for trust. I'm a scuba diver. I put trust in the dive shop every time I dive. I have faith in the dive shop that they put air in my cylinder before I jump overboard. And that the air they put into my cylinder is uncontaminated air. Because even small particles of corrupt air will kill me at 60 feet of ambient pressure. And so I have trust or faith in the dive shop. But guess what? Faith is only as good as the object upon which it rests. So I could strap on my tank with faith in the dive shop, and I could jump overboard. And if they messed up and didn't do right by me, I die and you can put on my tombstone, he died in faith. Faith is only as good as the object upon which it rests. Christ is entirely dependable, entirely faithful, entirely holy, and he's gotten the job done of paying for your sins, past, present, and future sins. That's why he said, before he dismissed his spirit in death. That's why he said, it is finished. Done. Nothing you can add to it. Nothing you need to add to it. Done. It is finished. So let me ask you, do you believe you fall short of God? Do you believe you earn a paycheck for falling short of hell? 
Do you believe that God loved you and proved it by sending his only son? By the way, I have one son, and I'm sorry. I wouldn't let my son die for any of you. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. God had one only begotten son, and he gave his son for you. Such love. Do you believe that? And do you believe that the way to receive forgiveness of your sins and a home in heaven one day, that the way to receive it, according to the Bible, is by receiving it by the simple hand of faith in God? Not faith in faith. Faith in God. Not faith in yourself. Faith in God. Can we bow our heads? Close our eyes. We're on holy ground. I believe everybody who's watching online or here in the sanctuary is here by divine appointment. There may be people hearing me right now who have religion up to their ears. They were raised by godly parents or grandparents. They know the language of the Lord. They just don't know the Lord. There may be persons who know when to sit up, when to stand, what to sing in church, been members of churches for many years even. When the truth be told, when you ask them what they're banking on to get to heaven, they might say, myself, I'm better than Billy. I've left a philanthropic, generous life. No, there'll be no boasting in heaven. I'm going to lead in a prayer that is very personal. It's not a magic prayer. It's talking to God. If this is your prayer, I invite you to repeat it phrase by phrase in silence from your heart to God. Before I pray this prayer, may I remind us that God is not hard of hearing. And so if you have transferred your trust to Christ alone previously, he heard you. God is not hard of hearing and he's not short of memory. You don't have to keep receiving Christ by faith over and over again. If you receive Christ by transferring trust to him earlier in your life, but you're living in sin, you don't need to trust Christ over again to be your Savior. You need to live like you have a Savior. You need to make choices that honor Jesus. Choices congruent with his word, the Bible. But there may be some that need to trust Christ for the first time. Crystal would love it if persons would come to saving faith in Christ. That was what her life was about since 1972. Make this your prayer in your silence of your heart. Lord, I'm a mess up. I fall short of you in so many ways. And I know that I deserve to be separated from you based on your holiness and my sinfulness. But I thank you that you've shown me in history there was a literal cross and a literal Savior who died upon it. I believe that was done for me. Father, I'm so grateful that your word assures me that you love me and that you've proven it by giving Jesus your son for me. 
And I'm delighted and reassured to know that if I trust him and only him, you will forgive me of my sins. You will make me new from the inside out. You will change my attitudes, my appetites, my interests. You will redeem me. You will make me holy and you will make me right with you. That's what I want and need. So now in the best way I know how I simply put my trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing in my hands I bring. Only to thy cross I cling. If that's your prayer, God heard you and God has saved you. And now it's your job to live a thank you life back to him even as Crystal did to her Savior. To find a Bible-believing and teaching church if you don't have one. And to get on with serving the Lord. The days could well be short. Thank you for Crystal Underwood's life. Thank you for Crystal Underwood's eternal life. We bless you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We will not be going to the cemetery today. This will be a complete service here in the sanctuary. So for a Christian time of committal, I invite us all at this time to please stand. Jesus said all of the following. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Truly, truly, I say to you that he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment but is passed out of death into life. For this is the will of my Father that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him may have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Friends, as we've gathered together in this sanctuary this morning, to lay to rest dear Crystal Deanne Underwood's earthly house, I want to remind us that our gathering here is not in vain. For we have gathered here on the basis of a forever sure and certain hope, which is anchored to the word of the true and living God, the God who cannot lie. I want to share one more portion from that precious word with you now. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, 
about those who have fallen asleep, that you may not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Inasmuch as it pleased our Lord and Heavenly Father to take from our midst by gathering to himself this one whom we dearly love, we commit our earthly house to its final resting place. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. A place for safekeeping only until that great trumpet day, that glorious day, when the treasure we now deposit into a vault for safekeeping is transformed and raised imperishable and glorified. Shall we pray? Dear Lord Jesus, All that hands could do have we done. Where we leave off, do you take up and take care? Watch over the hallowed place in Ebenezer Cemetery in holy remembrance until the promised resurrection. Bless the family that remains on earth. Secure them by your love. Instruct them by your word. Comfort them by your promises. Sustain them by your grace. Encourage them by your people. Warm them by the memories they hold dear. Heal them by your touch. Guide them by your Holy Spirit. Save them by your sacrifice. Precious Lord Jesus, Crystal has left us all a legacy of joyful, unstoppable Christian service. May we, by the Holy Spirit, match or exceed that zeal. For most of us don't have the physical hurdles that sweet Crystal had. Thank you, Lord, for loaning us Crystal Underwood. And now living, Lord Jesus, send us away now to our homes and to the work that awaits us in your love and in your dear name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing our closing hymn, When We All Get to Heaven.
Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, both now and forevermore. Amen.